Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Welcome, everybody. I'm sitting here in my home office looking out the window and seeing birds fly around. And that actually reminds me of this week's Torah portion. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But first, I want to give a shout out to Max Spivak from right here in Toronto, who became 7-Minute Torah's newest supporter this week. Thank you to all those who are helping make this podcast possible, who helped make it possible for me to bring this content to hundreds of people around the world who are looking for Jewish learning. So let's talk about Ki Tetze, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 10, through chapter 25, verse 19. We are still, as we will be for the entire book of Deuteronomy, listening to a speech or reading a speech by Moses, which he's giving to the people of Israel just before he dies and just before they cross over into the land of Israel to start their new life. Now, it's hard to say what Kitetse is about because really it's just a list of laws. It might as well have been bullet points. These laws are on all different topics. There's laws here of war, laws here about how to treat animals. There are laws about clothing, including putting fringes on the corners of your clothing. There are laws about who Israelites were traditionally supposed to and not supposed to marry. Just a whole miscellaneous list of laws. So it's hard to give an overall explanation of what this Parsha is about, per se. And what I'd like to do instead is zero in on one law that's on kind of a surprising topic, and talk about what the rabbis make of it, what we're supposed to learn from these two short verses in the Torah. This is Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 6. It says, If along the road you chance upon a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground with fledglings, chicks or eggs, and a mother sitting over the fledglings or over the eggs, do not take the mother together with the young. Shaleach tishalach etaem, it says. Let the mother go or send her away and take only the young in order that you may fare well and have a long life. Simple enough, right? You're walking down the street, you see a nest, you're hungry, you want to take the eggs. Judaism allows us to eat animal products, to eat animals even. And so you can take the eggs, but the Torah says there's some restrictions around that. You can't just take the mother, presumably to cook and eat the mother, along with the eggs. You have to shoo the mother away, and then you can take the eggs out of the nest and use them for whatever purpose you need them for. So it seems like a basic ethical thing to do. My gut reaction on reading that passage is, yeah, that seems like the right thing to do. 
But the question is, why? Why is this the right thing to do? And that's where the later rabbis get into a lot of really interesting discussions that allow them to talk about various values that might be important to us also. So I invite you to take just a moment, you can even pause the podcast if you want, and just think about what might be the reason. Why are you not allowed to take and eat the mother bird along with the eggs at the same time? And having thought about that for a moment, I want to now present us with three reasons for this requirement. Our first explanation comes from Maimonides, or the Rambam. He's a 12th century philosopher, rabbi, writer, physician. And the Rambam writes the following in the Guide for the Perplexed, which is his philosophical treatise. He says that the reason for the prohibition is that we should avoid killing the two together, meaning the mother and the eggs or chicks, in a manner such that the young is slain in the sight of its mother. For the pain of animals in these circumstances is very great. There is no difference between the pain of a person and the pain of other living beings in a case like this. So the Rambam essentially says animals have feelings too. It's not nice. It is cruel to take away the eggs right there in the sight of the mother. It's inhumane, and so we shouldn't do it that way. We should send the animal away. What the Rambam is hinting at here is an important Jewish value called sar bale chayim, which means not causing suffering or undue suffering to animals. Of course, Judaism allows us to use animals for various things, including to kill them and eat them. But the principle here, according to the Rambam, is that that should be done in a way that doesn't cause suffering that's unnecessary. That's explanation number one. Our second explanation comes from the Ramban. That was the Rambam. This is the Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman. And in this case, this is one of those cases where the Ramban disagrees with the Rambam. He writes in his Torah commentary that it's not about animals' feelings per se. Rather, it's about us. He says, if it had been about the animal's feelings, then the prohibition would have only applied to killing or taking the eggs or the baby animals first and then the mother, but not vice versa. But because the Torah forbids both, it can't be that. Therefore, it's not about how you treat the animals per se. It's about training ourselves, he said, preventing us from acting cruelly. What's the difference? In both cases, the effect is the same. You don't take the eggs in front of the mother. You don't act in an unnecessarily cruel way. But Maimonides implied that it was about the animal's feelings. It isn't a nice way to treat other living things. But Nachmanides implies that this is more about us, about the ways that we train ourselves or the ways that we get used to acting in the world. That if we act cruelly in this case, then we'll be more likely to act cruelly in future cases, even toward other human beings. That if we get used to wanton violence in a situation like this one, that we will become familiar with and desensitized to cruel and violent things, and therefore we should train ourselves not to act that way. Maybe mother birds don't have feelings for their young. I don't know. Nachmanides says it doesn't matter. You don't treat another living thing that way because you don't get in the habit of acting that way. 
So that's explanation number two. Note what they have in common. They're both about the animal as an individual and how you as an individual should treat them. Explanation number three, which is also from Nachmanides, by the way, is going to take that to a different level. He suggests that even if what I just said is true, he says it may also be that the Torah doesn't permit us to destroy a species altogether, and that someone who kills the mother and the young in one day is as though they cut off the species. In other words, you're not allowing the mother to propagate the species by killing and eating her and the young at the same time. So therefore, you gotta send her away so that she can come back and lay more eggs at another time, because you as a human being are responsible to make sure that this earth and all the species on it can continue to exist. Now that's obviously a very different explanation than the other two. It's not about feelings, it's not about training, it's not even really about cruelty. It's about power and responsibility. This is an explanation or a text that says you as a human have power on this earth. You have the power to destroy or to conserve, and you are commanded to conserve. You are commanded to be aware of your power and your responsibility and to use them to protect the planet on which you live, the planet which is given to you by God as a gift. I don't know if I can even begin to express how relevant that is to the world we're living in, a world where species are dying off by the thousands because humans aren't cognizant of our own ability to destroy whole ecosystems, whole swaths of the planet that we're living on. And here, 800 years ago, is a rabbi interpreting a text from 2,500 years ago to say that we better be more careful than we are being right now, because we need to take care of this place. So in the end, what we have here is a text that allows us to explore various values. I'm not here to argue for which of these three reasons for the mitzvah is the right one. I don't think it matters. I don't think it even works that way. And honestly, how many of us are going to have an opportunity to take eggs out of a nest very often anyway? Maybe a few. My brother has chickens in his backyard. But other than him and the few other urban farmers, most of us are not hitting up against the actual scenario described in the Torah here, but the values behind it, or the values inherent in the discussion. Those really matter in our lives. The value of treating fellow living things with respect. The value of acting in our most ethical and positive ways possible at every given circumstance, and the value of caring for the earth, the collective responsibility of caring for the planet we live on. Those are relevant every day, and if we're thoughtful about them, they can help shape the decisions we make and the ways that we act. So the next time you're walking down the street and you see a bird's nest or a person or a scenario where you are required to act... Remember that values matter, and that Torah is here to engage us in conversation about our values, and that our responsibility is to choose actions that are values-based, actions that reflect what we believe and what we value in the world. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, please leave a review on your podcast app, 
And please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7minutetorah. You can also join us in our Facebook group, 7 Minute Torah Listen and Discuss.